Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Surviving 20s. Today on the show, we'll be discussing celibacy. Celibacy is one of those practices that can be a hit or miss for some. Today, we have a special guest. Y'all, I am so honored to have her on the show. She is one of my favorite podcasters. Without a further ado, let's welcome Jessica Janae to the show. Welcome. <laughs> hey, y'all. And thank you for saying my middle name correctly. Like, I literally just made a post where I was telling people that my, my middle name is Janae, not Gina, not Jenna. It is Janae. So thank you for pronouncing <laughs> my middle name correctly. You are more than welcome. I can't believe people was pronouncing it incorrectly. It's simple. But I do get people that call me Briar, Bria, Bree Bri. So I understand the struggle. Trust me. Before we get started, for the listeners that are not familiar with you or not subscribed to your channel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I like to say that I'm an educator by day. I teach fourth grade, all boys. Um, and then I am a podcast host of the Dear Sister Podcast, which, of course, you can find on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, excuse me, Google Play, and Spotify. Um, I'm an author of two books. Um, and I also help other women publish their books. So if anybody needs to publish a book, hit your girl up. Okay, so my Instagram, my personal page is just, J-E-S-S, Jess, Jessica, Janae. And then my other page is Released Women. And that's the page where I post like my motivational videos, my encouraging posts, and do my giveaways. So y'all make sure that y'all tune in. Well, check me out. So the podcast came about maybe, it was like two years ago. And before then, I was always doing like these motivational videos. People were always coming to me for advice. And then one day, God was like, you need to do a podcast. And I'm like, a podcast? And at this time, I had just started listening to the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast um, hosted by Tatum Tania. I think I'm saying her name correctly. But I was like, God, I don't know anything about podcasting. I'm not like a tech person. Like, what are you saying? And he was like, you need to start a podcast. So I put the podcast off for like maybe six months before I actually did something about it. Um, and how I got to like this place of encouraging women, I've always been that person that encourages other people like I remember in kindergarten I was laying hands on people um because I used to watch touch my angel with my mom and I just knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was an angel um and so my encouraging other people started like when I was a toddler um but the podcast came about because God literally told me to start it because if he didn't tell me to start it I promise you I probably wouldn't have done it because people don't realize how hard it can be sometimes to be so transparent and vulnerable to a whole bunch of people and people you don't know. So yeah, that was all God. Did your path of celibacy, did that start with here I want you to remain holy or was it a series of events that kind of gave you that conclusion that this was the route that you needed to go on? When I first attempted to be celibate, at that point to be celibate, I will say that I was saying with my mouth that I was doing it for God. And I would say that I was doing it to please him. But as I got older and I was able to examine my heart, like realistically, I did it the first time because I just wanted a husband. And I was hearing these stories like of women who were decided to be deciding to be celibate and then they would meet their husband so my heart was not in the right place when I first decided that I was going to give this celibacy thing 
you know, a tribe because I just wanted a husband. Now with my mouth, I would never say that. I would never say that to people. Um, and I would say like, oh, I'm doing this for God. But deep down, my heart was in the wrong position and I was just, or the wrong posture, I should say. And I was just doing it because I wanted a husband or I just felt like that was sweet of the process of God bringing me a significant other, which was a lie. Um, and so now I, my reasons why I do strive daily to be celibate is because one of God, but two, because I want to break generational curses now so that my kids won't have to um, battle these things. Like I want them to be able to say that my mom was able to conquer her flesh and now I don't have to battle that. And I want to be able to, um, I can't give my husband my virginity, of course, but I can at least give him a, I feel like a clean slate. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So those are my reasons for doing it now. One guy, because I respect for him, because these bodies are not our bodies. You know what I'm saying? And the Holy Spirit lives within us. And one time I heard somebody give the analogy of like, imagine walking into an apartment or to a house and the house is junky. And when you walk in, things are shaking and rattling. And that's how the Holy Spirit feels. Like, is the inside of you, is it pleasing for the Holy Spirit to dwell in? So that's number one. But number two, because I choose my kids over me, even though I don't have kids yet, I do not want my future babies to have to deal with something that I could have conquered right now, but chose not to. So. That's deep. When you initially started, what, what age were you and were you just breaking up with a significant other or? Um, the age I want to say, I want to say I was in college. Um, cause I lost my virginity at 16. And so in high school I would have sex like every blue moon and then I would always cry about it afterwards. It was just a cycle, like have sex, cry, have sex, cry, have sex, cry. So I, I feel like in high school I was, the times that I was celibate after I lost my virginity was because I was still living under the roof of my parents. So it was only so much I could do. So I want to say around college, um, my sophomore year, this may be like, uh, this is going to be real open and transparent. But I met this guy my freshman year of college. I fell head over heels for him. And we had sex like all the first semester. Second semester, I found out that I had an STD. And that summer, I vowed to God that if he made sure that I was like healed, like I didn't have anything when I went to the clinic, that I would reserve, like I would preserve myself for marriage. Like I told him I would not have sex again. So the summer of me going into my sophomore year was when I, one, told God I wasn't going to have sex anymore, but two, that I really learned God for myself because it took me losing myself my freshman year of college. It took me losing my own identity. It took me having my body exposed to something that I really didn't know anything about because I wasn't really... Like I had sex maybe twice in high school, but my parents didn't really have those talks about STDs and all this other stuff with me because I guess they just thought their child wouldn't do nothing like that. But when something happens to you that you never would expect to happen to you, it opens your eyes. And so when I when God when the nurse came back in from that health clinic, um, it was like everything, like you are good to go, like you are healed, like you don't have nothing, no HIV, no AIDS, no nothing. Like I was like, okay, God, I'm never going to put myself back in this situation. 
Now, of course, I did put myself back in those type of situations of having sex, of course, but um, that was the time that I did choose to, you know, stop having sex. That first semester of college, everyone is bored. They're having sex. And you're just having a good time, especially if you haven't been exposed to that. A high school college is like a new territory and you're trying to find yourself. And sometimes we find ourselves hanging with the wrong crowd when we know that's not even us. Right. right. Have it happened. I stopped going to church my first, in the first mm-hmm. semester of my freshman year because it was like, well, my mom and dad not here, so they can't force me to go to church no more. Like, I was partying, getting drunk every weekend. Like, it was just, it was horrible. Party. Girl, me too. Me too. I, like, how could, how could you allow yourself to get here? Like, who are you? Do you even love yourself? Why are you doing things that you wasn't raised to do? Like, your parents have taught you better than this. And I think I had kind of like that God you know, if you bail me out type of mentality that, you know, I'll, I'll serve you. And then, like you said, going, going back to that, that old habit, that's what the end, this current moment being celibate, what, what are you doing to like prevent yourself from slipping back up? Or what urges do you have and how are you maintaining those urges? Before I answer that, I will say that in 2017, and I just thought about this, in 2017, I went through this whole purity ceremony where I had like rededicated my body to God. Like I was rededicating my body to purity and like having a white dress and everything. I even have the certificate hanging on my wall over there and I was celibate for like a good minute now to some people who are celibate celibate for real it's not gonna be nothing but to me it was something I think I was celibate for like seven or eight months during that time um however and I do not recommend that anybody do this at that time I had put down sex but I picked up other stuff so Mm -hmm. I was my roommate at the time they was talking to this guy who like sold weed. So instead of having sex, I was smoking weed. Um, and I felt like, oh, well, at least I'm not having sex. But no, just you're still disrespecting your temple. You're still not doing what God wants you to do. So now to prevent those urges or to how I handle those urges, I, one, I'm very careful. Like I try not to look at sex scenes. And even on Twitter, so people don't, I don't think people understand on oh. Twitter that when they like stuff, you can, can see it too. Exactly. Girl. Girl. So some of my, my Twitter friends, they be liking like some real crazy stuff. And I really don't know if they realize and maybe they do and they just don't care, but I can see what you like. So if you like a little clip of somebody getting a back blown out, like I can see that. So I'm not gonna follow you, but I will either mute you or I'm gonna mute the um the person that you like. Cause I can't see that stuff because my flesh is weak. Like my flesh is like super weak. Um I'm I have to be very careful about drinking. Like I drink wine now. I love me some wine honey. But if I drink like brown and stuff like that, I have to be very like I have to pace myself because if I don't, like I'm gonna want something. What else? It's crazy that you say that because I'm the same way on Twitter. Like I will block you or I will mute the person that you retweeted. But one day I found myself like, I'm just going to scroll down and it was, I couldn't even get myself off of it. And it's like, yeah, I need to just um, follow this person or mute everything that comes up porn. That can't tamper with your spirit. Exactly. And even when you're trying to say like, you know what? No, I, I don't even engage in that. You'll get caught up 
while looking at it yourself. And it's it's crazy. Oh, it's crazy. And then you'll see that one clip, and then it's like, well, let me see what else they got. Mm-hmm. And then like 15 minutes later that you, like, been going through all this stuff, honey. So I definitely understand. Even certain songs, um, like, I love hip-hop music. Like, I love hip-hop music. But there are certain songs where I know, like, okay, I cannot, I can't listen to this. Like, I love Pop Smoke. And I wasn't, I only lit like, like, one of his songs when he was actually alive. But since he's passed away, I've been listening to more Pop Smoke. But there are moments in his songs where I have to, like, okay, next, next song, because you making me want to go back to my old days, honey. Like, <laughs> um... And well, I'm careful with the conversations that I have. And I'm real with God. Like, I am so real with God. Like, God, your girl is weak. Like, I really want some right now. So I need you to do something. Like, I need you to do something, God. Like, I'm 100% honest with God. Like, I used to try to hide from God. But now I'm honest. Because there are just some things that I can't do in my own strength. And where I'm weak, he is strong. So I just go to God, honestly, and just tell him, like, God, I'm weak, honey. Are you not just taking a nap? Taking a nap, I wake up, all my urgency gone. When you used to have sex, you would cry. So if you convicting yourself, or was it like the Holy Spirit talking to you and just telling you, you know, you are forgiven, try not to do it anymore? Or what were those emotions that you were feeling after sex? So... In high school, I would cry on the kids because I just was afraid that I was going to get pregnant. And my mom used to threaten me and say, like, if you get pregnant, I'm sending you to a girl's home. Which I don't think she would have really done it, but I was not trying to test her. So I would just be so scared because I'm having sex in high school, but really not understanding the ins and outs of sex at all. And then once I got to college and I really started having sex, I was... I would only cry when, I wouldn't cry like the first few couple times of having sex, but God would never allow me to just stay in like my sin. Like that's one thing I always tell people that I love God. He'll never allow me to just stay stuck in my sin. So I could have sex with you for like a few weeks or a few months, but eventually like I'm going to feel bad. And so I would be crying because it would be like I'm torn. Now, I really don't cry when I slip up, only because when I slip up, I run to God versus running away from him. I found that I used to try to hide from God, but now I run to God, one, but two, I put on my big girl panties and I no longer say like, oh, I made a mistake. No, I made a poor decision. I decided to have sex. Because after a while, we can't use the excuse that, oh, I made a mistake. I slipped up. No, you made the decision. So I used to cry because I used to try to play the victim. Like, oh, what was me, God? But now I go to God and I say, God, I know I made a decision to have sex. But I need you to, one, I repent for this. But two, like, I need you to help me or show me ways so that I don't end up in the same spot again. Yeah. How did you get comfortable with running Taurus guy instead of running away because times we'll be like god i mess up or like you said we'll mess up and then it's like well i'm out here so i might as well drink i might as well smoke i might as well continue to do what i need to do because i slipped up maybe a year and a half ago maybe two years ago was when i would run to god instead of running away because like god already know you messed up like he saw you god even knew that before 
you took your clothes off when you went to his house and when you allowed him to come to your spot, what was probably going to happen. So I go to God because I feel like the enemy would love nothing more than for us to just hide from God and not talk to him for days at a time because we're busy beating ourselves up. But I just go to God. I just, I just go to him. Like, that's all I can say is I go to him and I just be straight up like, God, I really messed up. I know I messed up, God. And I'm not even going to lie. Like, God, I liked it. And you know I liked it. But I don't want to stay stuck in it. And one thing I tell people is that you never want to be comfortable with sin. Like, I never want to get to the point where I'm okay. Because I was there before. But now that I'm growing, now that I am like a light and a vessel that God is using for other women, like, there's just some things I can't do. Right. So I never want to I don't want to be in a place where I'm okay with doing things that are outside of God's will one. But two, I never want to be in a place where I take God's grace and mercy for granted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because the same way we have feelings, God has feelings too. And for every seed that we plant, there's you're going to harvest something. So if you plant bad seeds, you're going to harvest something. If you plant good seeds, you're going to harvest something. So I feel like we have to always remember that. Or practicing that how do you deal with the feelings of, you know what, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to be in a relationship because I am celibate. Does that ever cross your mind? There are moments where I'd be like, oh God, I'm never going to get married. And it's not because I'm celibate, but it's because I'm not meeting nobody right now. That's the only time I have that feeling. Um, But I truly believe, one, that God has given me the desire to be married. That whomever he has for me is going to be willing to wait for me. Not because, not even, like, yes, he's going to respect me, but his respect for God will be greater than his respect for me. So he's not saying, let's be celibate because, like, I really respect you. Yes, that's fine, Danny. But I really want to be celibate because I respect God. And I see that you're his blessing to me or you're his gift to me. But I feel like there are people that will wait are there a lot of them? I don't know them. I am currently we're getting to know each other. Like we we were talking like years ago. We stopped talking. Now we're talking again. Um, and we can't really see each other because of the coronavirus right now. I know, um, child. She's really blocking a lot of stuff. But what I will say is, we had the conversation about sex, and what he told me was that he does not want to have sex until marriage because of the simple fact that um, he knows how his flesh is. He's just trying to live a different lifestyle. Two, he also told me that he doesn't want to kiss until marriage. And child, that's a little different for me. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a kisser. I'm a hugger. I'm a kisser. Like, I like all those things. But he said that he's not going to put himself in a situation that will lead him to sin. And I totally respect that. I've never heard somebody that I know in real life. Like, I've heard that from, like, YouTubers who got married and they waited to their wedding date to kiss. Like, Heather Lindsay. Yes! Never in my wildest dreams thought I would, like, meet a guy who (laughs) told me, like, they don't kiss. They, like, they decide that's for when you get married because of the fact that, you know, he was about that life back in his college days. And he knows that kissing will lead to other things. And he's not even just, he's not trying to tempt himself like that, so... Well, that's a blessing within itself. Have you met men that have tried to persuade you to have sex since they know that you're practicing celibacy? Honestly, I won't say yes. 
because of the simple fact that I've never had to tell a guy that I'm celibate. Okay. Um, because when I first start talking to a guy or getting to know them, I can tell like by conversation number two or three, like where your headspace is at. So I'm not even going to waste my time. Like we're not even gonna get to the point of having sex. But what I do tell guys is if we have sex, I probably like probably won't talk to you no more. Only because I truly believe that the man, like I said, the man that God has for me will wait for marriage. And I don't believe that the man that a man that I have sex with is my husband. Like I just don't. I know that's backwards and people may be like, So why you have sex with him? As twisted as it sounds, I just I don't know. Well, I'll say this my boyfriend and I, we always say that love is easy. Anything that you want, yes, you're going to have to work for it. But for the most part, if someone loves you, they're going to love you and they're going to respect you within your entirety. There's no second guessing. There's no playing games. It's just what it is. So I do get that. I do. Mm -hmm. Now, I know on your show, you talked about slipping up and having sex. What advice do you have for listeners who are celibate, but they do slip up and are experiencing those feelings of guilt and shame? My advice to them would be, one, go to God. First, repent. Like, repent. Let's not think that what we've done is okay, so repent. But repent with a sincere heart. Like, don't just be saying it just to get it over with. Like, okay, God, I'm sorry. But I'm just saying sorry because that's what I'm supposed to do. No, like, repent. But people don't realize that repent is not just saying I repent, but you changing something. Yeah. So what actions are you going to put in place so that you don't end up in this situation for me the last guy I slipped up with like you block because I already know that you only speak to my flesh you don't speak to my spirit Ooh, you don't speak to my flesh so you are blocked and we have nothing else to talk about so repent find actions on um, plan or put action steps in place that will prevent you from slipping up again number three know your boundaries know your boundaries like I already know if I invite a guy over here the Netflix and chill or Hulu and chill and we start drinking and he real fine, like, I already know <laughs> what's going to happen, what's most likely to happen. So, me in public places, if, uh, like I said, because of corona, maybe right now y'all just need to talk via FaceTime or via Zoom or however. Um, number four, I think that's number four, go to God. Don't run away from him. Don't try to hide from him, but run to him because the enemy will try to like beat you up himself, right? So instead of running away from God and try to hide from him out of shame, like go to him. Go to him. Tell him where you're weak at. Admit that you're weak um, in those areas. What have you been learning about yourself on this journey? The one, the biggest thing I've learned is that nothing can fulfill me like God can. I have searched for so long for a void to be filled. I've searched in friends. I've searched in different types of men and boys because majority of them was boys, honey. Because yeah, you're a male, don't mean you're a man. But that's the whole entire I've searched in shopping. Like, I used to have a really bad shopping habit until I moved out on my own a few years ago and started paying my own rent. So I've always tried to look to other things to fill a void, to complete me. But can't nobody do that but God. Like, he placed a void in you that only he can fulfill. I've learned that I spoke about this on my podcast the other week. I always knew, like, when I was younger growing up, I did not like being alone. I did not like being by myself. Like, I always had friends or whatever. A year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I came to like being by myself. 
But then when Corona hit, I realized I like being by myself with... Um, when it was convenient for you? Exactly. I like being alone when it's convenient, with me, convenient for me. But now that I don't have a choice, like the other week, like I was in here about to go crazy. So God has been teaching me how to really be by myself. And no, I can't run to be entertained by anybody else, but like really being by myself and really it's just being him and I. And I've learned self-respect because it's one thing to say you respect yourself, but do you really respect yourself? And I spoke about that too on the podcast. Like you say your standards are high, but are they really high? Yeah. Like um has been showing me like how to respect myself, how to put how to set boundaries, how to um put non-negotiables in place. Um and just how to how to respect the woman that I'm becoming. Yeah. The woman that I am has nothing on the woman that God is like pruning me into. The God the woman that God is um making me into. So I have to respect her enough to know that there are certain things that I can do now, but there are also things that I can't do now. There are things that I can't tolerate right now so that I can grow into that woman um, that God is making me into. So when we start journeys like this or singleness journeys, we're not putting things in place, dealing with the void. I have Mm -hmm. a loneliness issue and that's why I run to each and every relationship or I don't love myself the way that I should. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's easy for me to stay in a toxic mindset or continue to do uh, things that are toxic and they're not good for us. COVID and celibacy, what else are you currently surviving? What am I surviving? Girl, I'm just surviving these snacks, honey, because I'm trying not (laughs) to get big. I've been eating my life away. I haven't eaten Me too. my life away. Um, so what is in your survival kit? Like, uh, I know God is podcast. What else helps you when you're coping? Good music. And uh, yes, worship music, but I love, like, I just love music. Like, I'm a big music person. I play music all day, every day in my classrooms when we were in school. So music, like music that makes you happy, music that speaks to your soul, friends who are like, fun because I love like I love podcasting I love being like a voice for other women it feels so good to be able to like take my cape off yeah. and just Jessica with my friends like I don't have to motivate them unless they like unless I just feel like it um I don't have to be so encouraging with them unless I feel like it but I can just be myself so which I'm not saying that motivating is not me being myself but it's not as much pressure mm-hmm. um with so just talking to them, being in the group chats and just talking about random things. Um, what else is in my survival? Staying connected to my family. TikToks, that's been <laughs> in my that's been in my COVID nineteen um two box, making TikTok videos. Child. Trying to figure out how I'm gonna top my my last TikTok video because the thing went viral. Like I wasn't oh. expecting girl. It's like at eleven point nine K the last time I checked. Oh. I'm trying to figure out like how am I going to top that? Like that is that's laughter. So just trying to like stay sane. Like even stepping outside is in my toolbox. Like just letting some fresh air, slapping your face for a few minutes. That those things are in my toolbox. And some wine. Rose. Okay. Oh, Rose. Girl, I love still a rose, honey. Publix be having it on sale too. I work up on every flavor. <laughs> but lastly, when you hear surviving twenties, what does it mean to you? Surviving twenties. Um, when I hear surviving twenties, I want people to understand that 
surviving is not, I feel like surviving 20s means that I am learning. I'm open to learning, realizing that my earlier 20s are going to be completely different than my, my older 20s. Like I'm, I turned 29 like two weeks ago. Um, was it two weeks ago? Maybe two and a half. I've turned 29. So my 29 right now looks completely different <laughs> than yeah. 20-year-old is. Like, my, me being 28 looks completely different than when I turned 21. So just giving yourself room to grow, um, giving yourself room to make mistakes, but still trying to build that foundation for when you hit your 30s. And being a a learner, like life has so many lessons to teach us. But sometimes I know for millennials, like we be thinking we know it all. Like we don't know everything. Like we know a lot, but we don't know everything. So allowing life to just teach us what needs to be taught so that we don't have to continue to repeat the same cycles over and over again. And last thing is one time my principal, I think I was like 23, she sat me in her office and she said, Jess, Stop being, stop acting like you're 30 when you're only 23. Meaning stop thinking that you got to already be over here when Mm -hmm. you just need to focus on where you are right now and at the right time and in the right way, God will elevate you or move you to the next place that you need to be. Well, I want to thank you again for taking time out of your schedule just to come on here and shed light about um celibacy because it's not hard you just have to put things in place and if you mess up guess what you can try again tomorrow so thank you thank you thank you thank you